0: For every age, there is a time of trial. The rocks faced such a fire before they were the strength beneath our feet. The plants braved vast winds before their roots could give us life. As a sage of considerable years, I have known only one such great ordeal. Yet the hero it created was a champion for all time. Hey welcome to another episode of Eco Power, a Jack and Daxter podcast all about uh, the Jack and Daxter series, the land, the lore, and the mechanics of the series. So on this episode we're finally talking about uh, Jack 2. We're going to talk about kind of the opening of it, maybe compare the differences of the opening of Jack 2 to the first Jack and Daxter game. Uh, we're I think this is like the seventh episode now, so it took us a little few episodes to get through Jack and Daxter. But honestly not a whole lot either. I guess it's mostly because in terms of details and specifics, there's not really a whole lot to talk about with Jack and Daxter. I mean, it's a great game and all, but it's like once you kind of discuss the overall, structure of the game it's kind of like well what else do you say (laughs) there's not really much left to say so and that's kind of like but six episode I thought that was a pretty good uh, run through I could have mentioned more stuff maybe like the uh, music of the series I could have maybe went a little bit more details into some of the characters and stuff but I felt like I would maybe be uh, digging the bottom of the barrel with it and just trying to fluff out uh, you know, the first game before finally just moving on to Jack 2. So I finally just decided, well, if I want to go back at some later time and talk about some of those things, like with the music and stuff, um, I may do so. Um, but I thought at this point it was best for me to just go ahead and move on to Jack 2. I felt like I had wrapped up uh, Jack and Dexter pretty decently. So, um, So now we're moving on to Jack 2. Like I said, with this episode, I specifically wanted to talk about more of the opening of Jack 2. Uh, talk about how um, fantastic I think the opening is. I really, really... This is actually probably my favorite openings to a a game easily in the top ten. Out of all the video games I've played, this is probably one of the best openings. Does such a good job um, painting the picture of where this game is going to go right away. Because anyone who had played Jack and Daxter first, such as myself... Now, I know a lot of people that jung- jumped into Jack 2 uh, as their first game, um, but it, this opening is really great for someone who um, started with Jack and Daxter, like I said, such as myself, and they get to see familiar territory. They see the all the characters they know and love. Well, all the main characters, anyway. And, uh, you know, with Samos, Kira, uh, Daxter, and uh, Jack, they see all of them. Um, it's a great... Uh, you know, familiar territory. They're in Sandover Village. But they're, you start to see some unfamiliar things. They start talking about this rift uh, uh, gate. And, um, you know, uh, you see all this machinery around and you're kind of sitting there wondering what it is. But as they slowly talk about it, they talked about, I hope uh, we didn't break anything. Kira mentions, hope we didn't break anything. I'm moving it back here to the lab, uh, back to Kira's lab. And um, it's the game seems to insinuate never it never flat out says this, but it's pretty obvious. And it seems to insinuate that this stuff was found behind the door at the end of Jack and Daxter. At the end of Jack and Daxter, if you collect all 100 power cells, uh, it'll open up uh, this secret door, and you kind of get this um, alternative ending to the game. But they don't show you what's behind the door. Uh, All you see is the face reactions of the characters going, wow, you know. And uh, so this game, the beginning of this game seems to insinuate that this stuff is uh, what they found behind the door. All this machinery and this uh, rift gate. So they moved it all back to the lab, uh, back to Kira's lab. And Kira, I guess, got it all set up together and got it working. Uh, Lord knows how much time has passed between the ending of the first one and the beginning of this one. Um I mean, it could have been, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe just a couple of days. Um, Who knows? It could have been several months. I'm sure it probably took some time to get all this work together and figure out exactly. Uh, I don't know if the machinery came with blueprints. (laughs) So Lord knows how long it took to get all this stuff together. But um, so the game doesn't really answer all that and it doesn't really need to. I just kind of brought that up just for whatever reason and um but it does such a good job like i said you see this familiar territory you see these familiar character characters um one thing you may notice right away is the graphics are really good in the first game really especially for the year this the first game came out but they're just like way better in the second one everything's polished so much more everybody has like a um Kind of has like a a more, much more of a roundness to him, not so blocky and squarry looking. Like I said, they didn't look bad in the first one. They looked really good, but just looks so much smoother. The animation is so much smoother when they move around. You can especially tell with Samos, uh, especially with him, because he moves kind of the most in this opening scene, because Jack, Daxter, Jack, uh, Daxter, and Kira are already sitting inside of the. uh, of the machine so uh samos is the one that's walking toward it um and so you kind of get to see more of his animation and you can see how smooth it is as he walks around uh compared to like the way it was in the first game where people don't really move too much in the first game there are a lot of people that you talk to in the game are just kind of standing in one spot they might move their arms and their heads around but they don't really walk around all that much or move too much um or example of when people do move, it's kind of like they're already there. Like with the the bird lady that you help and the first one, uh, save the Flut Flut. Um, she's kind of already just standing down there when you knock the egg down. It's like you never get to see her actually go there. <laughs> and so, like I said, a lot of just, not a whole lot of animation of people moving around too much. But in this game, like I said, you really get to see a lot more fluent animation. You can tell that Naughty Dog Spent a lot more time on that. I'm sure they probably uh, got more used to the PlayStation 2 by this point, and the, uh, you know how this machine, is, uh, the console works and stuff, and programming games for it. Um, so, but it looks so much better. It, uh, like I said, it moves so much better. Even sounds a lot better um and stuff like that. So that may be one big difference you may notice, but again, it's also familiar territory. It's great for people who play Jack and Dexter first and are jumping into this game. Um so immediately when the cut as the cutscene's going on after Samos gets done doing his little speech, um, the cutscene going on, like I said and you see all the animation and stuff, uh, um Samos basically tells Jack uh, he's the one that's going to be able to make it work. I don't know why, but uh, he basically just tells them, I know you'll figure out a way to make it work. And uh, so he just hits some random button, you know, um, this big red button sitting on front of the machine that they're sitting in, and it seems to activate the rift gate. And out of the rift gate, um, now a rift gate is kind of like a warp gate, but in a warp gate transfer you, transports you to different places around the world, to other warp gates. But a rift gate transports you, it seems to transport you through time, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, it doesn't transport you to another rift gate uh, per se because they don't go to a, it's not like they pop out the other end of another rift gate or anything like that. Uh, they seem to just kind of pop into a different uh, time period. And if you listen closely to the cutscene, Kira mentions that uh, as soon as, J- after Jack hits the button, it seems to um, already have some preset coordinates in it. Like, there was already a time selected into the machine. And so as soon as he hits the button, it just activates the time. And uh, there's this little thing it kind of, that pops up, it kind of reminds me a little bit of a power cell uh but it look just looks a little different cuz a power cell you know is more like a uh, a ball with tiny little spinning balls around it um a power cell almost kind of like reminds me a little bit of um uh like um what are those things called uh, <laughs> atoms if you've ever seen a picture of an atom like an example of uh uh, uh an atom and um <laughs> i'm stumbling over my words here <laughs> That's kind of what a power cell reminds me of, but this is more like a ball, and then it opens up, and these tiny little balls start spinning around, and it seems to be activating something, and you find out later on in the series what exactly what that item is, or later on in the game, Um, but at this time you just see that it seems to be, all you had to do was hit this button, and it's... Pre-activating these preset coordinates. And um, out pops this giant monster looking thing that pops out of the rift gate, and he seems to indicate that he already knows who Jack is, which is also very interesting. Um, so right away, like I said, you see familiar territory and you start to see some unfamiliar things happening, and the game immediately starts throwing intriguing things at you, like your mind's constantly wondering where is this going you know i know that's the way i felt when i played this game i'm like where is this going i'm like what's happening right now i thought maybe for a split second i thought maybe there was going to be a boss battle right at the beginning of the game i'm like are they about to throw a boss battle at us but no that's not what they do uh like i said once um uh, uh kira asked jack you know do something you know and so he hits the button again and then it just pushes him forward into the rift gate um, and as soon as they get, go th- as they're going through the rift gate, the machine explodes and pieces fly all over the place as they're swarping through this warp. You know, you just see clouds spinning around and uh, stuff like a lot of energy and electricity, I guess. And um, some uh, Samos and Kira and. Jack and Daxter all get split from each other. Jack and Daxter stay together, but the game actually doesn't make it super clear if Samos and Kira were together for a little bit and then they get separated after that. So at this point, you're not sure. You're like, did they two get separated from each other or are they together? You know, you're not sure there. Um, But you do know uh, Jack and Daxter land in the middle of this metropolis, uh, cyberpunk-looking city. And... um, Daxter makes a funny little statement that he's like, okay, this is the last time I mess with any stupid precursor crap, which it's not, but, you know, he's just angry about, like, the situation that happened. So uh, Jack is looking around the city, and he looks kind of confused. He's like, hmm, you know, in wonderment. He basically kind of um, takes on what the player might be feeling, the gamer might be feeling at this point. You know, you're looking around going, hmm, like, where am I, you know? Um, and then immediately af- after they're standing there um there's these guards that walk toward them and uh, seem to know who jack is and they're said like there he is it's like and they right before they the guard knocks jack out with a gun a gun he uses the back of one of his guns to bash him in the head uh right before he does that he um the guy, the leader of the uh, guards, uh, tells Jack that he's been waiting for him. And I'm like, So at this point, you're like, Okay, how did they know they were coming? Who are these people? You know, a lot of questions bring up. But of course, they all get answered. Um, and Daxter, uh, after Jack gets knocked out, Daxter starts running away and he says, Don't worry, Jack. I'll save you before you know it. And then the whole uh, cliche two years le- later thing pops up you know you see that a lot in movies and stories and stuff like two years later <laughs> and so now Jack is a little bit older his hair is longer you can tell he's matured a lot um, and it f- cuts forward as it cuts forward to this mis- uh, cut scene with the um, the baron who is sort of like the king of the city or the president and whatever label you want to throw on him but they call him the Baron his name's Fraxus, and you find out that uh, the leader of the guards, his name is Errol. He's kind of like the Baron's uh, right-hand man. And uh, they are talking to each other as they're uh, and trying to insert dark eco into Jack. Uh, they use like this electricity where they're kind of shocking him and trying to insert uh, dark eco into him. And they uh, basically give up on the plan. They apparently seem to indicate that they had this plan to use Jack as, like, this dark eco-warrior. And um, the Baron mentions that something about, I, I don't want to lose the city to these creatures. So you're sitting there wondering, okay, what creatures is he talking about? You know, like I said, all that stuff gets answered. Um And at this point of the game, that's when I begin to notice um, how much darker and grittier this game looks. Because even in the first one, in some of the areas you go to, like Spider Cave or Lost Precursor City, um, you know, where it's really dark, and even, or Gollumaya Citadel, where things can get dark and a little bit on the gritty side, it still is very colorful. It just has a rich kind of color look to it. But this one has a lot more of a, um, like I said, kind of, I don't want to use the word bland because that makes it sound negative, uh, but just kind of a dark and grittier look to everything. As you look around, things look more. The colors don't pop quite as much. It's uh, purposely done in a more grittier and darker way. Um, Cinematic way, I guess you could say. And uh, less less cartoonish, I guess you could say, like the characters and everything, they still look very cartoonish, but the backgrounds and everything like that look a little bit more realistic and uh, darker and grittier, Um, like the cities, uh, the city and stuff looks slightly more realistic and... um, the machines and stuff, they all look slightly more realistic and less cartoony, but the characters uh, themselves still kind of keep that cartoony look, which I like. And I think that's one of the things I really like about the Jack and Daxter sequels over the first one. I love the first one, um, but there's something about, I love the graphic style of the uh, second and third one, how they try to shoot um, for, like I said, more of a realistic background. And it, I think it makes the characters just pop more. And it just makes them stand out more, and I like that. Uh, because sometimes when you make a game like all cartoony, it just makes the whole game look cartoony. One thing I um, dislike about a lot of modern day games today, and I, I might rant a second or two, just warning you. A lot of modern day games today... Um, with their graphic styles and stuff like that, they shoot for that really shiny, plasticky kind of look that I personally don't really care for. It's not necessarily a bad graphic style. It's just not really my cup of tea. I never cared for that graphic style. Um... But I really like this graphic style in these sequels, like I said. Where, and I like the graphic style in the first one too, but it's cool to see in the sequels that they shot for this more of uh, this realistic background tone that you're stone on. There are other games that do that too. One game that comes to mind is like the Darksiders series, especially the first one. Um, as you walk around the world, uh, you know, it like the cars and everything, like this post-apocalyptic world, the cars and everything, and the, everything just looks so realistic, kind of a gritty look. But then your character and a lot of the other characters, like the demons and angels and everybody you talk to in the game, um, they look slightly more cartoony. I mean, they have a, a kind of a realistic tone to them as well, but they have also have a cartoony look to them, as opposed to the background, and I really like that. Another game I think about is uh, if you've ever played uh, Lego City Undercover, uh, the ground and a lot of the buildings and stuff look a little much more realistic and the water and everything like that. But then the cars and the actual Legos themselves, everything you can interact with, um, look more toy-like, more plastic-like because they're like Legos. And I love that because, like I said, it, it makes the... First of all, it makes it very clear with what you can and can't interact with because, like I said, the backgrounds there just for looks. And like I said, I just think it makes the characters and the the uh, stuff, the main parts of the game, just pop so much more. And I love that about Jack and Dax- uh, Jack Two and also Jack Three. How it, um, like I said, just makes the characters and everything just pop so much more. Seeing all these realis- realistic backgrounds and stuff like that, I really like that style that Naughty Dog shot for in Jack Two. Trying to make it look uh slightly more gritty and realistic, so anyway, as the Baron and uh Errol walk away, Daxter m- immediately pops up, it's like and he just immediately starts talking very loud. I may add, um, and I was like it makes me wonder, I'm like, how did the Baron and Errol not hear him? <laughs> like he literally pops up like the second they walk away, and he just starts like talking at the top of his lungs. I'm like, how do they not hear that? But anyway, I digress. But he pops up and he starts uh, talking to uh, Jack, you know, letting him know that, hey, I found you, uh, indicating that he's been looking for him the last two years, trying to find him. And um, for the first time ever, we see We actually get to hear Jack talk because if you've ever played the first one, you know that Jack actually never talks. He's actually a mute in the game. And that's actually a very interesting point. I don't know if I ever mentioned this in any of the podcasts when I talked about the first game, but if I didn't, I'll mention it now. If I did, I guess I'm going to be repeating myself. But um, there's actually a few points in the game where it seems like Jack might be uh, getting ready to say something. But then, he inter- but then he gets interrupted by, like, Samos or Daxter or something like that. Um, but he never actually utters a word at all in the game. But, it, like I said, it, it so some people kind of wondered, well, can he not talk? Or does he not know how to talk, you know? But it's like, the game seems, like I said, if you pay close attention, it seems like he actually is going to say something at some points. So it seems to indicate that he does know how to talk. He just doesn't do it very much. Um, Like maybe he's very shy or he's just not a very talkative person. I've met people like that myself in real life where they're not necessarily shy people. uh, They just don't have much to say. It's like when you talk to them, you kind of feel like you're just talking to a a brick wall or something. they just kind of nod along with everything you're saying. And I'm just like, like, do you not have anything to say? But it's just because they're just not a very talkative person. Some people are like that. And I think Jack is kind of, in the first game, he's just kind of a very extreme version of that type of person who just doesn't really talk much. And so I think in the few spot moments when he was going to say something, like I said, he gets interrupted by uh, Daxter or like Samos or somebody – and uh, but now in Jack two, now that he's changed a lot, he's become angrier and grittier. Uh, as he, you know, all these experiments have been happening to him. Uh, now he's gonna, he's ready to talk for himself. Now it's almost like in the first one, uh, Daxter kind of acts sort of as your voice of the character. Uh, uh, he's also the comedic comic relief as well, but he also one of his main purposes in the first one. Um, he's kind of acts as your voice since Jack never says anything Daxter is the one that kind of talks for him he talks everybody he talks to Daxter does all the talking you know and um, so it's kind of like Daxter is the voice and then Jack is the muscle I guess you could say and so it kind of makes you wonder, you know, well, if that's the case in the first game, does Daxter even really serve a purpose in Jack 2? Well, yeah, he does in a lot of ways. He still is definitely the comic relief, which is definitely needed in this game because the game takes on a much serious, to- much more serious tone, which I like. I'm not criticizing it for that. But it, it is nice to have a character like Daxter uh, still around because, like I said, he... Uh, he makes it feel much more lighter and not so heavy uh, and dramatic all the time. And I would even argue that Daxter's even funnier in Jack Two than he is in the first one. He's funny in the first one as well, but he, he uh, his jokes. You know, they spent. A, you can tell they spent a lot more time writing out his jokes and his uh, limericks and uh, silly moments and stuff like that. He uh, he feels so much more funnier and more. Um, outgoing I guess you could say in the uh, second one which I love and so anyway but I don't know how I got off on all that but anyway now Jack is talking for himself so Jack is kind of his own voice in Jack Two, and then in uh, Daxter kind of like I said he adds the comic relief in uh, Jack Two. that's his main focus but he also has other purposes as well and um but yeah anyway I digress <laughs> and um but yeah so jack finally breaks out. he breaks out of these bars cuz he was i think i forgot to mention this but they had him cuffed down basically to this table as they were doing experiments on him almost kind of like what they might do to you if you're they're doing like waterboarding or whatever and um so he breaks out of it he shows you that he can actually turn into this dark version of himself like a dark jack and um as the game calls it yeah. and um and so the game kind of teases you with that, and you got to kind of get to experience experience that a little bit and uh one thing I will say is I love the look of Jack in this game. I like the way he looks in the first one too, but he looks so much cooler and bad more badass in the uh second one he has like he has this like long uh, slick back hair uh he almost kind of looks like a like if a rock star became like a if you took like a rock star. And just suddenly threw him into the military or something, but didn't really change his look, you know, because obviously if you went to them, at least in the American version of the military, they're going to buzz your head off. But um, like if he uh, he almost kind of looks like that, like I said, if you took like a rock star and uh, just kind of threw him into the military with his same looks and just gave him a gun like, here you go. And I go. you know, go fight in this war, and that's kind of the way Jack kind of the impression he gives me. Like I said, such a, a cool, uh, badass kind of look and attitude about him. I really like the way he looks in this game. Um, they did, you, uh, they did a really good job on his look. And um, but yeah, that's pretty much the entire opening uh, in a nutshell. Uh, I tried to go into details like like I said on a lot of different things that I felt like were important to bring up. Um, so that's really all details, but I didn't really have any trivia questions for today, um, so I didn't bring any of that up. Um, I just mostly, like I said, wanted to talk about the intro to this game. I just love the intro to this game so much. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched the intro to this game on YouTube and play. Uh, sometimes I w- would start a... New game on when I used to uh, play Jack 2 all the time as a teenager. Sometimes I would start a new game all the time just to see this intro uh, because I just thought it was so cool. Like I said, I just love the contrast between seeing the familiar familiarity, jeez, uh, words uh, in the first Jack and Daxter game, and then immediately slowly switching to this dark tone. Um, in uh, that you're going to be seeing in Jack 2 and I love that like I said but so that's pretty much all the the opening cut scene of everything like I said done really well you can tell they spent a lot of time on this cut scene I really wanted to bring the player uh, into um look on everything and how this game's going to play out um I will also say the uh The first few missions in this game are really well done. Like I said, this game does a really good job. Something about Naughty Dog, like they really know how to open up a game and really bring a player naturally into a game because that was one of the things I praised about in the first one too. Like I said, the the opening and the first few parts of the gameplay are done so well, how the game slowly opens up and becomes bigger and bigger as you progress. And Ajack 2 is the same way. There's no exception there. It's like as you progress in the game, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And um, it, I love that. So I, I, I'm i actually not really a big fan, like I said, when games uh, just kind of throw you into this open world. I think that can work really well um, if done right. But I, I think it's... Best and easiest if the the game designers, like I said, put the player in a um, a smaller environment and then slowly open up his or her environment as you play and progress in the game. I just think that works best, Um, and it works really well also in this game as well. Definitely a great opening, a great first uh, gameplay. Like I said, we'll talk a little bit more about the gameplay and stuff like that in the next episode, but I hope you enjoyed this one. If you want to check out some of my other podcasts, I do have several others and with more on the way (laughs) all the links will be in the show notes you can check all those out Um, also if you want to check out my YouTube channel I do have some older videos on YouTube about Jack and Dexter if you want to go back and watch those not all of them are that great though because like I said they're kind of old and I was really new to YouTube at the time Um, but you can check those out if you want to link will be in the show notes as well and I think that's all I gotta say so this is Eco Power. I am Kevin Emery I'm out.